Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This is Talksport Daily. Hello, happy Tuesday, and welcome to yet another. Andy Goldstein, TalkSport Daily Podcast with me, Andy Goldstein. Yeah, you can't get rid of me that easy. Actually, you can't get rid of me. I'm doing loads of these. Anyway, we begin today's podcast with a bit of a Manchester United chat. And after being knocked out of the FA Cup of the quarterfinals, the only real chance of silverware for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is, of course, winning the Europa League. So what constitutes a good season? And could the Norwegian be sacked if United fail to win the Europa League for a second time? We'll get the take from Troy Deeney. And the former United number two. Mm, that sounds wrong. Anyway, Steve McLaren. John, a caller on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time show yesterday. But we kick off with the former Liverpool midfielder, Daniel Murphy. United competing in Europa League is not good enough, first and foremost. The fans know that. The club know that. Ollie knows that. You know, not progressing in the Champions League was a massive, massive blow for them. Yes, they're going to get in the top four, but so they damn should. Yes. Now, he's in a position now where the Europa League, for me, has become monumental for him and the club. I'd be very surprised and I like him and I've and I've you know I'm not I'm not one who wants to see him just thrown away because I do think they've made some strides forward but Manchester United have to be doing better. A game in the Premier League or in Champions League or Europa League or in the FA Cup against top teams it takes a lot out of you. Unfortunately tonight uh, it caught up with us. They can't be blaming tiredness for a loss at Leicester in the Cup and the squad not being strong enough. Squad should be strong enough. If they don't win the Europa League and only finish in the top four, I think they'll make a change. If they finish in the top four and they finish second, that is great progress. Yep. Great progress from young players, the squad, the buying of Fernandes, the, the maturity, because it's not young, but relatively immature, I would say. I think it's a great season if he finishes his second Champions League next season because he didn't have it this season. That's progress. And he's going to be put into the net by Inacho. Leicester City lead by Golden Hill. And Manchester United have gifted them the opportunity. We've made that mistake this season three or four times. They never seem to learn. Passing from the back, it doesn't seem that they can do it because we always make a mistake and can see goals. We need to wear a trophy this season. Oh, he's gone. Sorry, he's gone. He didn't put kids in. He didn't put your boys who have not played games he's put in Paul Pogba Fred Martial Greenwood who scored like it was a proper team they had out it's just that the other boys Fernandez and Shaws have been so good this year been really pivotal to what Man United have been doing that it showed when they weren't in the team I think and that's ultimately what he's going to end up paying the price for now, Celtic and Rangers players chose to stand instead of taking a knee prior to the old firm clash at Parkhead after Rangers midfielder Glenn Kamara claimed he was racially abused by a Slavian Prague player in the Europa League. Kamara's lawyer, 
Amir Anwar wants to see the Czech side thrown out of Europe as punishment. UEFA up until now have made a great deal about wanting to kick racism out of football, you know, showing racism the red card. And what we're saying is that it's time to stop the tokenism and to take a zero tolerance approach. Black players have been saying for a while that they're tired of the tokenism. They want to see this stamped out once and for all. And UEFA's response sadly always seems to be that they'll fly the banners, they'll wear the black armbands. They don't actually deliver. Their sanctions are minimal. You know, a £75,000, a few hundred thousand pounds fine. That means nothing to the players that have committed these acts and nothing to the actual teams. These teams should be kicked out of, out of championships. And on The Breakfast Show, Troy Deeney gave his thoughts as to why it's still important that taking a knee is still an option for footballers. Taking the knee certainly helps the conversation. For people that aren't taking the knee, are you doing something to impact within your club? Is your club doing something that can impact and and do change? If they say yes, or personally you're doing something, you have every right not to. I think QPR are the perfect example for that. Les Fernand said at the start he was not going to do that. And the reason he wasn't doing that is because their club is the most diverse in the land. So he can literally stand back and say, this is why I'm not doing it, because I'm actually actioning it. I don't feel like a knee warrants what I'm already doing. So there's arguments to be had it either way. But personally, I think it is a good sign. It gets kids talking and we have to impact the younger generation. My son has asked on numerous occasions, why are people taking a knee? And that sparks a conversation and that is something that is needed. So everybody has their right. And at the start, we we said this very clearly, nobody has to feel like they're forced to take a knee. And that was where the frustration came in when it got started getting angled and, and shaped towards politics. Now, could Spurs make it to the top four? Is Jose Mourinho a busted flush? And could Brendan Rodgers take over as boss at White Hart Lane? Well, here's Troy Deeney and Daniel Murphy. But first up, it's me on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show with Darren Goff on the Andy Goldstein Drive Time Show. Brendan Rodgers has done so well. I think everybody talks about him now. Mm. Uh, with him, Obviously, a very, very good coach. He, he knows exactly what he's yeah. doing. But when you look at the jobs he could probably get, in the Premier League, I, I I don't really I don't really see anywhere for him. Tottenham, yes, I could see Tottenham being interested in him, but would he want to leave Leicester? As I said, now we're, you've got to put them in one of the big clubs. No, I don't think it's a step up. I think it would be a job that interests him because naturally the fans are asking for a certain style of football. They've got young players there. They've got quality players there that he could build and and definitely have an imprint on very quickly. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's going to move anytime soon. If you look at Leicester and what they're building, I think they've got the perfect mix. Goffer, you did say Brennan would see Spurs as a step up from Leicester. You did say that. I'm not putting words in your mouth. It's a bigger club. Okay. Would he see it as a step up? No, that's what I said to you. I, I just think he'd stay at Leicester over Tottenham. I All think right. the only one that attempted him is probably If Chelsea. you were his agent and he said... Oh, Manchester United, but Manchester United won't no, go for If him. you were Brennan's agent and Spurs came in and he said, what shall I do? Shall I go to the bigger club? What would you say to Brendan Rodgers? <sighs> <laughs> I'd, I'd probably tell him to go to Spurs. I don't want this to be uh, a cyclic situation of uh, bad defeats and then good reactions. Uh, we cannot have bad defeats. We can have defeats, not bad defeats. Mourinho is very adept at using the tools he has. I don't think he can make Tottenham, Man City or Liverpool and play that way with the players he's got. I think he looked at his group of players and he's tried to adapt the way they play to get success. Now, if, as I said, if Tottenham win that cup against City and finish in the top four, that, that's a tremendous achievement with that group of players. Now, some will sit here and say he should be doing that with that group of players. Well, no, because that, that, 
the budget he's had and the squad they've got doesn't compare to the, some of the clubs he's competing with. Now, staying with Spurs, sort of. Did Harry Kane cheat to win a penalty for Tottenham against Aston Villa? No, of course not. And here's their former manager, Tim Sherwood, to tell us why. Matty Cash took his legs from under him in the penalty area. Kane went down. Referee Mike Dean well and truly on the spot and pointed to the spot very quickly. Yeah, clever play that is. He he's brought the contact. You know, he waited for him to see him do it early on in the season with Adam Lallana. You know, when he ran into the back of him, he's looking at him, looking where he's coming, making sure he stays in the penalty area and initiates a contact. There's contact. He's entitled to go down. It's not cheating. It's very, very clever play. And yesterday with Matty Cash there, he slides in to block the cross and Harry just leans in there. He protects the ball. So he thinks, if you're going to win this, you've got to come through me. And he takes him out and it's a penalty. And when he puts it on the spot, did anyone in the world think he was going to miss? Not me. It was cute. He didn't dive. I think there was contact, mate. He let the ball run out and he was caught and he went down and he had... The- he got a penalty from it. I, I can I can understand perhaps maybe maybe it's sour, sour grapes from Liverpool fans, but Salah has more of a record, I think. And there, listen, there are United players that have done that. I'm not just picking on Liverpool players. There are United players that have done it. Liverpool players, everyone does it. But if you're going to dive, you dive. I didn't feel Harry Kane's was a dive. It, it was inexperience from from the defender who made the challenge. The ball was going nowhere. Now, over to Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday from 10pm, which, of course, was nowhere near as good as it usually is, because, well, I wasn't there. In the hot seat was the fun boy, Jason Cundy, and alongside him was Jerry Groves, talking all things, well, football. So where would you expect West Ham to be? Pretty much where we are, but I know we're going to blow it. What, from when David Moyes went in and you might have got relegated and he steadied the ship and made you difficult to beat and his recruitment was good. And if they had said to you, you'll be fifth in the Premier League in March, surely beginning the season you'd have taken that. Yeah, but it's not taken into account Liverpool's mayor, Tottenham's mayor, Arsenal's mayor. Yeah, but that's not... This is our great chance. This is our chance to get top four. And if we had a Scott Parker or a Brendan Rodgers as manager, I think we'd get there. George, you saying you want David Moyes gone? Yeah, we're going to be known as, you know, like Tottenham, the team that nearly won things. We're going to be known as the team that nearly got Champions League. But, but George, no one expected you to get Champions League football. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you get European football this season, that is an achievement beyond what you felt was possible at the beginning of the season. Don't, don't be telling porky pies to us, George. Yeah, but it's, it's George, such a great chance to George, get I know, there. George, but go back to the beginning we're of the not season, right? Do it go back to the, the beginning of the season. Because no, I, I think yeah. you're where you are because of the manager. So will Steve Bruce still be the Newcastle manager come the end of the season? It's not looking good after defeat at the weekend to Brighton. We'll get the take of Troy Deeney, Daniel Murphy, but first up, here's the former Palace owner, Moni Moni, Simon Jordan. Steve is moving to the territory of the red line, i.e. you know he is in a situation where you're now at the point where, as an owner, you're looking very, very carefully at whether you're better off without him than you are with him. I'll never, ever give up the fight for sure it's not in me you know I'll go back to work on Monday morning and uh, and work with the players who are still here and get ready for the next challenge of course four or five weeks ago to certain groups of Newcastle fans the reasons why they beat Everton was because of Graham Jones the reasons why they beat Southampton was because of Graham Jones's inclusion and they will have a closed mind I look at the Newcastle perspective and you are in a territory now where Steve has not done enough the players aren't good enough to my view but he Mm. as a manager has made choices at times and decisions and said things in the media that I would be 
uncomfortable for him to have said. I've not seen a group of players not trying. I've seen a group of players who are really struggling for confidence and lacking in quality. I talked earlier in the season, give Steve Bruce a little support regarding the position they were in. They were in a reasonable position in the league. And I do think that if they'd kept Wilson and Maximum fit, they probably wouldn't be in the problems they are. But since then, I have to say I've kept an eye on Newcastle. And although they've had the injuries, their level of performance has been really poor. There was a little, little bit of improvement for a few weeks. But then since they've come up against quality opposition, they've been really poor. And a brilliant volley from Neil Mopay to rub more salt into Newcastle wounds. For years now at Newcastle, there's been a lot of uncertainty around the ownership and transfers, and it's all coming to the forefront now, isn't it? When you've got Callum Wilson injured, St Maximin injured, there's not that much depth there. I think if I was a Newcastle fan, I'd be just disappointed that I don't really know how we're going to take games on, how we're going to go and win games. It feels like as long as we don't lose, then we'll be all right. There's enough games so we don't lose, we'll be okay. That's, that's the kind of feeling I get from it. Now, Great Britain's Lawrence Coley delivered a punch-perfect display before landing a six-round knockout of his opponent to become WBO World Cruiserweight Champion. He joined Wyatt and Jordan to tell them this was just the first stop on his journey to going down in history. Obviously, there's still a lot for me to learn. I'm really happy to have won this world title. It's such a big occasion, but um, I feel like I want to do more. I want to do. I want to do that unprecedented thing or, or stuff that you know puts me down in the history books forever and ever. Um, I'm in the history books as a world champion, but I want to be like the world. Unified, I need to really get to work and get it done. I'm looking to my right, and Lawrence is having trouble as to how to position his uh, his uh, computer to do this Zoom chat. Lawrence, you're settled. You're fine, mate. I can see you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now, yeah, you've managed to do it. We were looking at the ceiling of your living room a moment ago. We saw the floor. Yeah. Uh, I think you're in the loo with it, but you've sat down. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence, yeah, compose yourself of oh, me. Uh, that's it for another podcasty thing. Don't forget, of course, the first ODI between England and India is live and exclusive today over on TalkSport 2. It's live and exclusive from 7.30am. Yeah, I know I said the word live and exclusive twice. That's because producer Tom wrote it that way. And I, very much like Ron Burgundy, read what he's written for me. <gasps> oh, great Odin's Raven. That's it. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your Poddingtons from. I'm back on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time show at 4pm today alongside Super Charlie Austin. I can't wait for that. It's going to be great. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily Podcasts out first thing in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talksport. Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris and Mop Master dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. 
Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.